Well, it's a great pleasure to be joined by one of our leading economists and owner of Bagri Economics, Cameron Bagri. G'day, Cameron. Good afternoon. G'day, mate. mate. Thanks, as always, for coming on our show. It's, it's great to chat with you. A lot of people respect what you have to say. So at first blush, what do you think of Labor's policy, Cameron? Look, in all honesty, I don't think there's too many surprises. Look, the surprise may be that they decided to announce it pre-election as opposed to waiting until 2021. But, but if I step back and... And look at the bigger picture. We've got some pretty obvious fiscal challenges. Now, so there's an awful lot of money being put on the, the credit card, so to speak, in regard to your government debt is ballooning at a pretty strong rate. You know, so it's going to be up in excess of net government debt. is going to be close to $200 billion by 2024. And what no one has been talking about enough is that, look, the, the fiscal cost of an ageing population is starting to hit around the same time, and that's going to create a real big challenge in regard to how do we get that debt back down on the other side to what's called rebuild those those fiscal buffers. So it, it was inevitable. We were going to have a discussion at some stage about what lever do we pull? You know, do we become a little bit more Scrooge-like in regard to spending? Do we try to get a little bit more out of the tax system? And what the part, Labor part of the government has decided today is that, look, we prefer to take a little bit more out of the tax system so we can keep a little bit more money in the tank in regard to spending on the other side. The tricky thing, I suppose, Cameron, and a lot of Texas have pointed out, and we've been chatting about it for the last hour, is when you think about the whole, that is the debt hole, um, $100, million, $100 billion odd dollars, $500 million seems relatively insignificant, so they could have done a lot more, could they not? You know, I guess here you've got your economics versus politics. But what you've also got is if I step away from the politics and look at the the economic sort of arguments here, like you sit there, if you do have a problem, and I wouldn't say it's a huge problem, but we've got a challenge on the other side. You know, glass up, or New Zealand's debt is going to be you know, an awful lot better than an awful lot of other countries around the globe. And interest rates are, are low. We hope they remain so. So that makes the serviceability of that debt less of a challenge. But putting that aside, we're still facing pretty big challenges. If we do not want to face the next generation of kids, or the grandkids, mm. with a pretty big burden. You know, so, yeah. so what are the levers we can pull? We can go a little bit more Scrooge-like in regard to spending. Yeah, maybe your capital investment gets pulled back a little bit. We talk about contributions to the, the KiwiSaver scheme, which I think one political party is, is talking about ditching that. Or we can you know, ask people to sort of you know, tip, tip in a little bit more. And what we've seen today is that basically, look, we expect people to tip in a little bit more. Is that going to fix the problem we've got on the other side? The answer is no. But it's a step in the right direction, or at least it's one political party declaring, look, this is what our approach is going to be. And I expect we're going to see other political parties decide, well, what is their approach going to be? From a strictly economics perspective, the ideal thing would be to grow our way. If we can get faster economic growth, more tax revenue, yeah, that debt problem goes away. But of course it's easier said than done in regard to what it's going to take in regard to make the economy grow faster over the next sort of 10 to 15 years. Mm. Absolutely. Cameron, can I ask, um, one of the things, I'm talking about multinationals, the big, the Facebooks of the world, for, for example, who, for those of us that aren't economic experts as you are, it does seem, I've always understood, that they seem to pay very, very, very little tax. Do you think there is something that a government in a small country like New Zealand can do about that? Yes, but I think it needs universal cooperation around the globe. Mm. You know, right, so okay. it, it needs to be 
an international solution to what is truly an international problem. Yeah, because there's, there's monitoring, there's yeah, different jurisdictions, there's tax rules in, in different countries around the globe. So we, we're kind of hoping that there will be some sort of international solution. You're coming out of the likes of the OECD, Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Development. But certainly that, that's an area that we do need to look at pretty closely. Cameron, there seems to be some sort of discord between economists and, and tax experts and things uh, regarding you know, putting up taxes or dropping taxes. Some argue that dropping taxes, lowering taxes, actually then means people will spend more. The economy goes and so goes round and round. And you know, what, what are you, where do you sit on that fence? Well, I guess if I step back and ask the simple question, is there an optimal level at which tax rates should be set? And the answer is no. We don't know. What we do know in general is that, you know, depending on what tax levers you pull, if you put taxes up, it's a disincentive to put your money to work to get out there and work a little bit harder. Mm. You know, if you cut taxes, there's an economic incentive to get out there and do more because you're going to keep a little bit more of that money for yourself. So a lot of it's about creating the right sort of economic incentives. But, of course, there's, there's different sort of taxes. Yeah, so if I thought about yeah, redesigning the tax system, what would I like to see? I'd like to see higher GST. I'd like to see lower income tax rates, a lower company tax rate, oh. a lot more efficient tax system, you know, a, a system that's a lot harder for people to dodge. I'd actually like to see some sort of capital gains tax regime brought in as well. But the offset to that is that I'd like to see lower taxes in other areas on the other side. So there's this broad principle, we'll call it a tax neutrality. Right. You know, so what you give on one hand, you sort of take back on the other. But it's about making the system a lot more efficient and a lot more effective. But you feel higher GST is something you personally think would be an effective way? Well, I'd like to see higher GST. You take that up to 20%, you know, drop the top marginal income tax rate down to the high... You know, the, the high 20s, you know, company tax rate, again, you know, drop that as well. You know, right. This would be yeah. in, a, in a perfect world. If, if you minimise those sort of gaps, you know, it's really about making the system a, a lot more efficient, which is, is another fancy way of saying it. It's a lot more, it's a lot harder to get around it. Okay. Right. Yeah, and what out of the dodge? It's, the it's kiss. You know, keep it simple sport in regards <laughs> to how we should think about it. Right. And in 20 seconds or less, Cameron, income splitting as a tax idea, yes or no? Well, people are going to do it. Yeah, but if I have a look at what's been bought in today, look, it, it doesn't really kick in. You know, if, you, if you're earning 180000 well, you're going to pay a little bit more. You know, do I have a real fundamental problem in regard to what they've flagged today? Look, I think it's marginal. It's a little tweak. Yeah, life's going to go on. Great to get your thoughts, Cameron. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Cameron. All the best. Cameron Bagri, leading economist and owner of Bagri Economics.